Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We actually have a winning streak, the first of the season to talk about tonight. So that is exciting. Okay, I'm your host, Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined, as always, by my fabulous and wonderful co-hosts, Ryan, who you can find on Twitter at DZNatShack. And uh, you can follow the show at Half Street High Heat. And we're doing this for the DMV Sports Network. And please be sure to check them out on Twitter at DMV underscore SN and at the website at dmvsportsnetwork.com. And uh, check us out wherever you subscribe to your podcasts and be sure to leave us reviews. We really appreciate it. So hi, guys. What's up? What's up? See, I was going to say something because you've called us fabulous before, but then you said fabulous and wonderful. So I gave you a part of it. Yeah, I hadn't planned a word, so you know I had to I had to do that on the fly. I was I was improv. Here you come again to the show unprepared. I mean, I know this you guys should be used to it by now. Extremely unprofessional. <laughs> you need to I find mean, I met, a worthy adjective for Ryan and I. I met right, with next the PR week, team and business team for this podcast, and you came and think of a word for us. Unreal. Ryan <laughs> is a verified journalist in med school, and he comes prepared He's to these shows. Years old. <laughs> Every single time, <laughs> fully prepared. Uh, yes, well, fully prepared. Yes, hundred percent. Show doc is completely done right now. <laughs> right. I promise. Yeah, professional all the way around. This is why people are here listening to us. Yep, absolutely. Well, Ryan, could you start us off with your week and recap? Sure. All right. (laughs) Confident. All right. So, once upon a time, the Miami Marlins were on pace to be the worst team of all time. But then, 
something incredible happened. And Miami Marlins were the hottest team of the week. They won six games in a row. Their loss pace went from 120 games to 110 games. They swept the Tigers and they swept the Mets, making the Mets go into extreme turmoil and breaking them into progress. But the Marlins suck. And uh, they dropped the first three against the Nats. And they are 16-34 and 34 and are 13 and a half games back. And I am officially declaring them eliminated for the fourth time in this podcast. And then <laughs> what looked like an easy stretch for the Nationals turned into a hell week. As the Nats bullpen blew the lead in the eighth inning for three straight games, Nationals bullpen has the second worst season ERA of all time. The number one worst ERA all time was in 1930, and baseball does not count before the 1950s. So, therefore, the Nationals bullpen is statistically the worst bullpen in MLB history. Yay. Luckily, the Marlins came to town, and all it took was the Nats to score 12 runs, Corbin go a clean game shutout, and then Eric Fetty would be pretty good, and the Nats score nine runs to take the first three games of the series because it sure as hell wasn't, it wasn't easy. They are 22-31 and are nine games back. Uh, what a fun week for the Mets. You know, they're swept by the Marlins. Uh, Mickey Calloway was a dead man. It was assumed that he was going to be fired any day. And then all of a sudden, they come back and sweep the Mets, and Mickey Calloway's job is saved. The team's reunited around him. They took two or three from the Tigers, and they're back to 500 for the 100th time this year. They are 26 and 26. They're four and a half games back, and Mickey Calloway right now is a safe man. The Braves rub in everyone's faces that their farm system is insanely deep, and they can just call up whoever they want. He's going to be a star. Austin Riley helps uh, carry the Braves to five straight victories. They are 7-3 in their last 10 and are 29 and 24 overall. They are two games back of the team that is always in first place, the Phillies. Um, the Phillies entered a daunting stretch. They split the first four games against the Cubs and Wrigley. Then they took two out three against the Brewers. They took advantage of the Cubs' mistakes and do what good teams do and find a way to split a four-game road series before taking two out three against the Brewers. They are 31-22, and 22, and there you have it. That's it. That was a very in-depth recap this week. Thanks. Um, I honestly, like... Like I said, I take this podcast very seriously, unlike Amanda. And I met with the PR team and our all of our other teams this week, and I just felt inspired to do amazing. Yeah, it's very honorable that you take the time away from your med school learning to come do the show for free. I mean, like, it's it's not hard. But I mean, like, I'm just that <laughs> yeah, smart. Yeah, med school's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard. You're here first. <laughs> It's not that challenging. It doesn't take up that much time of your day. It's only like, what, 16 hours of your day dedicated to it? Yeah. This podcast takes 40 hours of my day. I want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from this week. Um, Looks like the good. How about Eric Fetty? Yeah, he uh, had 10 innings pitch, five strikeouts. I think it was one earned run and like two walks. Granted, one of them was against the Marlins and the scuffling Mets, but – Everyone's, everyone who gets called up for, like, gets placed in the back end rotation is a dumpster fire. And especially <laughs> Fetty, he's been pretty terrible. So it's really good to see that, like, he's finally evolving and developing. Yeah, maybe he's finally figured it out. Yeah. He did say he has this newfound confidence, and, like, it's kind of been working for him. Yeah, maybe he's just uh, BD swinging. Um, <laughs> but 
I don't know. I mean, like, it, it's definitely nice to see because I can fully admit I was never high on uh, Fetty coming into the season. I'm still not high on him. Like, it, it's great to see him doing well because open is just you have no confidence going in, uh, like, seventh inning on uh, when you get with this team. But obviously, he's pitching well. Um, but I. Just don't see it sticking. I, I'll need to see more. And if he can keep doing this, great. And knock Helixson out of a rotation spot, even better. But <laughs> I'm not like I'm not buying in yet. Yeah, two two starts isn't enough for me to to yeah. think he's you know he's a different guy than we've seen in the past. But he certainly seems a lot better right now. And given how bad the fifth spots in the rotation have been, then I, I'll welcome anything that's better than that. Right, and I mean like he's doing what he's supposed to do he's pitching well against terrible teams so i mean yeah great job like doing your job but it's also nothing to get like all hyped up about it's like the same thing with this like three game winning trick yeah it's great but like it's what we should have been doing all season long so i'm not right and it's the marlins yeah i'm not over the moon about it yeah and i bet you max scherzer must be like how come fetty can get nine runs of run support and i can't get anything I know, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the bad. How about Turner? Uh, I mean, I don't. I just don't think he's a leadoff guy. Same. He. Um, um, I mean, I just I don't know. Like we've had this discussion, and it's been evident for every single time he's he and Trey are health or, or he and Eaton are healthy at the same time. Like he just benefits so much more by Eaton being a leadoff guy, seeing pitches getting on base, and then Turner just getting better pitches to hit. Turner's just not a leadoff guy. Just because you're fast doesn't mean you're a leadoff guy. Yeah, I mean, and then he's come back from his finger injury, and they didn't give him a rehab stint, which I didn't really understand. Um, and then you know you saw him Friday night when he clearly. Looked like he needed to get a rehab stint because I think he made like three or four errors. Yeah. Um, and that's just like not him. And then he's not seeing the ball very well. And when you come back from injury, there's always going to be a little bit of a leeway period where you need to get, you need yeah. to get like your time yeah. back. But... Yeah. It's almost like it, to get rid of that leeway period, uh, you just like send him on a rehab stint. Yeah. Which I guess the Nats don't want to do, but like, I don't blame him because, like, their farm system sucks, so maybe they're scared that he would get worse when he was down there. So they thought, hey, let's just bring him up here and hopefully he doesn't <laughs> suck as much. Which, yeah, so far isn't going very well, but I think he needs to move into the two-hole. If you look at the numbers, he's far better when he's hitting behind Eaton than he is leading off. He's just way too aggressive to be a leadoff hitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with it's, that. it's just, like, if there's going to be guys that, like, being aggressive and swing early and swing at first pitches and stuff. And that's fine. A lot of guys have success that way, but they're not leadoff guys. That's just not a person type of player you want leading off. And I mean, yeah, like people will say, well, it's mainly defensive. It's Trey will find it offensively, blah, blah, blah. But having the, the pressure on Trey to be a leadoff guy, I guarantee you it affects him in the field too, because he feels like he has to do so much and he can't just – go out there and be a guy. He has, like, all this extra pressure on him. Whereas if he's in the two-hole, he can – it's, yes, still top of the lineup, but it's a different mindset for him. Like, Eaton's the guy who gets on base, and then Trey's the guy who can just, like, 
work the at bat, get him over, and just get a pitch hit, get a pitch drive. Agreed. Okay. Okay. Ugly. The bullpen. The bullpen. So in seven games this week, they gave up twenty six runs. <laughs> like every time the Nats do anything good, FP gets all giddy and goes, "Oh, things are changing, folks. This team's back. This team will never be back if this bullpen continues like this. You cannot it is get the hot. Marlins exactly, and the bullpen's given up." I mean, I mean, look at Friday. Like, look how terrible they were against the Marlins. Then, like at today, they gave up six runs today against the freaking Marlins. Like, it just—I'm uh, just not sold. I'll never be sold. I—I don't. This doesn't change anything in my mind. Like, yes, it's nice to win games for once this season, but nothing's changed. This season outlook hasn't changed. So, no, I mean. No. The bullpen's still ugly. They're always going to be ugly, and uh, odds are we're going to have the worst bullpen ERA in a season in history uh, at the conclusion of this season. Yeah, I think that's probably true. That's probably true. It's hard to take. Hard to take. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't matter how much you believe in the offense or the guys coming back and whatnot. This bullpen will blow games. I mean, look at Max. Max has pitched – well, I mean, he's not like his dominant Cy Young Max, but he's still well uh, pitching well enough to win some games and be competitive, certainly. And it just doesn't matter. Literally does not matter. Unless you're Corbin and goes 116 pitches for a complete game. Just doesn't matter. Everyone we could just do that every day. day. I know. I mean, maybe that's what they're going to have to do. Just say <laughs> F everything and uh, just – Pitch the rotation just <laughs> as much as they can. <laughs> Till everyone's arm falls off. Yeah. Fine. I'm just so, like, so dejected by this bullpen. I can't. I don't have zero optimism, and it's turning over to do a little now. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, multiple times in, the, in the early in the season, he was going out. He had to get four or five outs, and then he had to pitch the next day. And there's times when he was getting up to warm up. And, like, he didn't pitch for, like, five straight days. And then he came in, he gets lit up by the, the Mets. Like, he's clearly shown sometimes fatigue. But at the same time, when you sit 92, 94 miles an hour, you have to locate it. And, like, he hasn't been locating it, which is going to be an issue. He needs to develop a second pitch as well. Yeah, and, like, he's – I think uh, the last time we pitched, he threw one slider. And he got an out with it. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know why he's just relying on his fastball so much, especially when he's not hitting his spots. This makes no sense to me. They're, like, does he know you're allowed to throw more than one pitch? Because, like, I, I don't – I can't think of another guy in all of baseball who relies so much on just one pitch. Yeah, well, he just doesn't seem to have any confidence in the slider right now. It seems like the only thing he wants to throw is the fastball, and he just he's not he doesn't have enough velocity right now to, to fool anybody. And I think everybody's seen enough of his you know that rising fastball to to look for it and know when it's not going to be a strike. So he just right. seems less effective right now. And even if even if he developed a two seam fastball, just something with movement because he's not hitting a spot. So he needs something with movement, whether it's continued use of the slider, a change up would be phenomenal 
but changeups are kind of a difficult pitch to throw, especially learning it uh, midseason. Yeah, but then again, I mean, just pull uh, like Marcus Stroman and learn how to throw a changeup off uh, Pitching Ninja Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> Pitching Ninja is the best thing on Twitter. Anyway. Honestly, yeah, for those of you who don't follow Pitching Ninja, you got to go follow his stuff. Oh, yeah. it's, so and cool. it's fascinating. He has been given immunity because someone from Barstool got him suspended. And, like, everyone had, like, such outcry, including the players, that MLB brought him back and allows him to use our content. So the dude's a god. Yeah, I think he's the only non-MLB account that's allowed to use MLB content. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, last year the MLB literally wouldn't let him use their stuff. And then this year he has his own segment on Sunday Night Baseball. (laughs) He is. He's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the Eaton drama that went on with Todd Frazier this week. So that was the most annoying, overblown, two middle-aged white dudes who don't know how to (laughs) trash talk. Trash talk. It was so annoying. But when it got funny was when all these reports from the White Sox and Ozzie Guillen stepped in and basically were like, the White Sox were just trying to get Adam Eaton out of the locker room because – Everyone hated him, and he was dividing the locker room. Wasn't that he not was even the there? Though Ozzy Guillen was there. Um, I thought they weren't yeah, there. Yeah, he was. He was before, and then he was like, "Adam, no one liked you in the White Sox uniform." All he uh, said. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Ozzy still had connections to the White Sox, but yeah, yeah he obviously wasn't there when Adam was there. Because I was, I, I forgot who wrote the article. But I was reading about it, and a lot of the White Sox players spoke off the record about how Adam, basically they all thought he was better than them. He tried like show everyone up and then he like tried to be a fake leader and no one like took him seriously. And it's funny because I have so, sources who say he does the same thing with the Nats. And yeah, he also say basically what he fans. does now. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting and it sucks knowing the White Sox won't get rid of him and they gave up three top prospects, which could have gone Chris Sale. Yeah, and the fact that Giolito is turning into that top prospect now, or like turning into a successful top prospect now, just really hurts. Just absolutely hurts, especially when Eaton's not this even close to the same player we thought we were getting in that trade, regardless of team control. I think he got hurt one too many times, which is really hurting him. Because if you look at his analytics, his speed's dropped. His arm has dropped. His range has dropped, and, like, he kind of doesn't have a value right now, which made this whole him, I don't have a mortgage, as he's wearing AirPods thing, made me hate him. Yeah, um, and that's just what I was about to say. I wasn't sure if either of you were going to say it beforehand. I'm so tired of eating. <laughs> um, I just, to me, he provides nothing. He's just an extremely mediocre outfielder, and I'm just tired of him. I want yeah. him gone. Like, I mean... Every time I look at him, I just get mad because of what we gave up and what we could have had. But I, I'm just so extremely tired of Eaton, and I want him gone. I, no, I, I, I just, I have no, I don't care fight, if you disagree. Fight, I'm, fight, I, I'm fight, tired of Adam Eaton. He's I just, like he's, te- he's terrible for this team. I disagree. I just think all this drama was silly. It well, was I disagree with you. Disagree. Way more entertaining <laughs> than anything else they've been doing lately. But it was a, it wasn't even drama. It was just like a story out of nothing. That's because they acted like it was some big beef, and it was just the stupidest thing ever. It was hilarious. I don't know. There's a guy named Todd and a guy named Adam. Like, yeah. and then they talked about wearing AirPods. 
<laughs> and mortgage mist. Yeah, it was oh the That's what made it so awesome. I'm done with Adam. He's he's done. Uh, and the the reason the reason all of this started is because when uh, Ryan was there, we went to the um, game one of the, this year of the Caps, and Adam Eaton was the fan of the game. He literally went to the team store like five minutes before the game started and bought his Caps jersey and all this stuff. Like it's so dumb but he's the fan of the game for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. No wonder the Caps got eliminated. And he sucks. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. I don't know why everybody decided to like just start jumping all over Adam Eaton all of a sudden, but he's never been a problem since he's been here. And he's been a pretty good player. I mean, he's not as good as I he, he would be. No, but there, there was reports fine. that he was causing trouble last year, too, with the whole. I mean, he was stirring up shit about Bryce. Oops, sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to say shit. Oh, said it again. Said it again. Uh, well, no, but he, he was stirring up stuff about Bryce last year. Well, there were a lot of guys. Bryce got away with a lot. Like the fact that they, you know, they got rid of Sean yeah. Kelly for throwing his glove and, and Bryce bang, he slammed his bat down on the ground a thousand times. So well, I, let me let me let me tell you the difference between Sean Kelly and Bryce Harper for why Bryce Harper was allowed to do whatever the hell he Sean wanted. Kelly <laughs> Harper. I'm simply saying Harper got TV'd all the time. Well, yeah, because of who he was. And, like, he had a value to the team. Adam means a speed, a, co- a contact guy who has no speed. He's a Adam guy has zero steal. value to this team. Oh, that's and I, and I, No. He, numbers back it up. The, the numbers back it up. He is a below average defender. He is just an average outfielder. He's being overpaid. He has no leadership skills. He thinks he's better than everyone. Now he's causing trouble, and I'm just done with him. If he, if, well, he, if he could steal, like, if he could steal, I'd be happy with him hitting singles all day long. Like, he gets on. That's great. Steal. Yeah, I would <laughs> love he to can't. on basis. That would be good. Yeah. All right. Wow. Well, I guess that's enough eating drama. There's more eating drama on this podcast <laughs> than <Todd> Frazier. <laughs> all right. All right. So to a fun thing. <laughs> let's talk about Ross. Oh, um. I had no idea he got sent down. <laughs> Me neither. I mean, I saw that and I was like, I I mean, I, I don't watch every single game, but I do a pretty good job of following it. And it seems like every outing he has is like a third of an inning or two thirds of an inning. They've never really let him go, which I kind of thought was the plan. And especially when you have games where the bullpen just like, blows up or you're just out of it so early I don't know why you wouldn't just let Ross go like especially after someone like Helixson pitching or Sanchez where they just crap the bed early in the game like why not just let Ross go I don't know why Davies consistently pitching him like a third of an inning two thirds of an inning and then just taking him out like there was a whole drama the other I believe it was Friday night or maybe Thursday night where Joe Ross brushed Davy like on the uh way of him leaving the game so maybe it had something to do with that because i don't know i don't think he pitched after that but it was very interesting to me it's kind of like they tried to keep it hush hush um, yeah and i have no idea what, what was going on with that <laughs> and then amanda tweeted about it um i think she was watching a game he like got pulled out after he struck a guy out it was furious yeah, yeah he looked it, really pissed when he was when he was leaving so yeah, and, I have no idea what's going on. Like he yeah, was, he wasn't the worst person in this bullpen. So I like, 
confuses me why he was getting yeah. sent down. Yeah, like Matt like, Grace is still here, but Ross. Yeah, I was just about to say Grace. What the hell? And like, <laughs> yeah, we're just like scooping guys up who have been DFA'd by other teams because like it's just we're like trying to find anything. But meanwhile, like Ross, granted, like he's had. I mean, I don't know his whip off the top of my head. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he usually has like a guy on base. Um, but I mean, he's been okay. I just don't know why they haven't. They've used him as like a, a loogie as opposed to like a long reliever type, and it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's another inexplicable thing that they're doing with with their pitching. I just that Davies know. doing Nats and inexplicable with pitchers. Yeah. I know, right? Stranger things have happened. Okay, so what about Mark? He had his uh, he had his debut today, which didn't go yeah. all that well. Although it should have been the game should have been over if Dozier could have made the the transition and thrown the guy out at first. But he didn't look great. But he wasn't bad. He so he when I was watching, I was like, man, this guy's just pitching like a dude who's nervous. Yeah. But then I looked up his scouting report, and like, there's two whole paragraphs talking about how. Like he is, he's pretty, like he's very raw and he has a lot of command issues. And then saying that he relies on guys swinging out of the zone and chasing pitches to be successful. And the biggest concern about him was will he have that success in the higher level? Big league hitters who are better at not chasing pitches. Yeah, it's a really good question. I saw you tweeted the couple of paragraphs out about. Yeah, like his walks for nine is like 4.4 and that was in the minors where you get guys to chase pitches out of the zone more. So, I mean, it, I would assume there's going to be a a period where that number inflates a little because you have more disciplined hitters at the major league level, obviously. So it could be some uh, high stress innings, but yeah, obviously today wasn't the the debut he wanted, but I mean, he, there's definitely some potential there. Yeah, he's very, very raw. And, like, it was funny. This was on MLB.com saying, like, he kind of needed to be developed more. And it was, like, given the Nats' tendency of rushing prospects, <laughs> he won't be developed enough. <laughs> then he'll be he'll be traded and have a sub-3 ERA elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's harsh. Okay. All right, before we move on to talk about potential trades that the MLB Network was uh, discussing for the Nats, um, I just want to remind everybody that we are part of the DMV's library of DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. Um, There are a bunch of shows about all the local teams, and um, if you can check them out whenever you're out getting our podcast, that would be awesome. You'll like it. There's a lot of great options there. Um, They are all available wherever you get your podcasts, so check them out. And let's talk about some depressing stuff here, which is everybody knows the Nats are going to have to be sellers at the deadline. So the I don't M- think this is depressing at all. Yeah, hold on. I, <laughs> I think it's... because it means that the season has not gone the way we all hoped it would. But there were some really interesting trades they discussed. Yes. Mark DeRosa does a fancy GM segment on MLB Central, just in case you guys don't watch it. Um, and he always does this every single year. He does a couple teams, and he does their mock deadline. And if you told me that this was the deadline the Nationals have, I'd be hyped as hell. So I took the liberty of looking up all these prospects with the rankings. So I'm going to run through it really quickly because I know most of you guys don't know who they are. So the first trade was the Nationals trade Sean Doolittle to the Twins. They trade him for Bruce Dar Gratiol. 
He is the Twins' number one pitching prospect, and he is the number one, sorry, number 61 on the top 100 list. That would be a great move as they get a He's big a power. He's a reliever, right? correct, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And then the Rays. The Nationals trade Anthony Rendon uh, after he will be his first all-star appearance as a good goodbye to the Rays, but they get a lot of great stuff. Uh, they get Matthew Libatori, who's the Rays' num- number five prospect. He's their number one left-handed prospect, left-handed pitching prospect. He's number 51 on the top 100 list. Um, there's someone else in there. I think I messed it up. And then Garrett Whitley, who's just an outfielder. He's their number 27 prospect. And then a bigger trade. Uh, well, hold on. With the with – the, well, do you want to talk about now or at the end? I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, let's just – let's do it at the end. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the Nationals trade Strauss, Suzuki, and cash considerations to the Padres. This is my favorite trade. The Nats get back Luis Urias, the number two Padres prospect, their number one infielder prospect, the number 24 prospect on the top 100 list. They get Logan Allen, their number two pitching prospect, number 68 on the top 100 list. And then Buddy Reed, who is the Padres' number two outfield prospect. And then the colossal trade. The Nationals trade Max Scherzer to the New York Yankees for Andujar, Clint Frazier, Greg Bird, my boy Jonathan Lasagna, who is the Yankees' number two overall prospect and the number nine, 59 prospect on the top 100. Overall, the Nats get five top 100 prospects and they get three MLB ready guys, a team with no future, an aging roster, and stuck financially suddenly has a top 10 farm system, a very young team, and a lot of money. This is a win. So I'm just going to – we'll take it trade by trade, but obviously mm-hmm. we have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, first and foremost, I think the one that absolutely at the very least needs to happen is the Doolittle one. Uh, Agreed. Because that's just such a no-brainer trade. And as great as Doolittle has been for us, that, I mean, if you're going off this season, there's evidence of a decline. And there's always that decline for hard-throwing lefties. Like, look at Andrew Miller. He was great for all those seasons, and now he's just yeah, not, not so much. He, Yeah, he's a shell of himself. And I love Doolittle. That, this is nothing against him, but it's just – It's a business. Yeah, and injuries mm-hmm. too. It's a business. And you got to maximize his value while you can. So, um, Who do you that think would the be- have closing for them if they trade Doolittle? Uh, they're just going to go starters only. <laughs> like honestly, yeah, the starter goes not any random person. <laughs> the probably uh, start like Juan or Suero in there. Honestly, yeah, I could see. Jeez, <laughs> just pause on Juan or Suero. I just I can't believe the home run he gave to Carlos Gomez. The <laughs> one-two count for those of you at home. That means a pitcher is ahead in the count, and he throws a cutter right down the middle. Literally right down the middle. And yeah, for a guy who was hitting like point zero six seven, had the biggest home run of the Met season. It was insane. <laughs> but, yeah. The, right. But back to, to the trades. Yeah, you got to trade Doolittle at the very least. Yes, he's your best bullpen piece. But, I mean, we got to get assets back because Doolittle's on a decline. Um, the Rendon one, I also think absolutely has to happen because I, I just don't think – there's any chance the Nats resign him. That doesn't mean I don't want him. That doesn't mean like he won't 
be good on the Nats or he's going to decline by any means, but um, he's been awesome. Uh, yeah. There, there's no reason and no optimism the Nats have given that has told us that they're going to re-sign him. So we have to trade him. It just absolutely has to happen. And for and then, this, this trade in particular, a team like the Rays is the perfect trade partner because a small market team like the Rays relies so heavily on homegrown players and their farm system panning out because they don't get the marquee free agents that like New York, Boston, LA does. So they have to have their, their prospects pan out. So we know if we're getting prospects from a team like the Rays, they're developed well, they're all in all likelihood going to pan out when they hit the, mm-hmm. the MLB. So it's a perfect trade. Um, we can get high value prospects that are in all likelihood going to pan out. And it's just, it makes it more of a safe trade as well as a lot of upside too. Yeah. Oh, I can't argue with that one. I, you know, Rendon, it kills me that we're going to lose him, but there's just no way they can keep him. They're not going to resign him. It's already obvious and they cannot repeat the mistake they made with Harper and the Astros last year. They're yeah. going to. Yeah. And <laughs> the Harper and Astros ones, because the Astros are the same way. Like the Astros are a little bit better now because obviously they've had, success uh, in the past few years but they for a while there they were in the same boat as the Rays were where they just had to rely on prospects panning out I mean look at who they have with yes Bregman was the number two overall pick but Bregman uh, Correa Altuve Springer they're all homegrown guys they weren't marquee free agents but all of them panned out and the same thing with all the Astros pitchers like all their prospects are panning out because that's what they've needed to have to in order to be successful so that would have been a great trade for a Harper trade last year, but freaking Mark Lerner nixed it. But yeah. ho- hopefully well, I they, hope he they learned get his it right. And won't yeah. do that again this year. Hopefully they get it right this year. So with the Strauss trade, this is where <laughs> I can see why we would want to possibly think about it, consider it, do it. But it's tough because – I still think Strauss has a ton of value and I still think his contract can be worth it um, for the duration, the remainder of uh, the the life of the contract. Um, and let me just pause and say, for those of you who are like, um, oh, well, they can make this trade and Strauss can just opt out and then come back to DC or just sign elsewhere, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to do yeah, that. No, that's not going to happen. The Padres would never make that trade unless they would make Strasburg opt into the rest of his deal or opt in in order for them to, like, give up uh, what they would Especially have to give up right. to get him. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not going to happen. If they, this trade happens, Strauss is opting into his deal. So let's just say that. Um, but... I mean, I can see it from multiple sides. The Padres want a bona fide starter to pair with Paddock. Um, and obviously, they're, they're young, exciting offensive team. Um, Strauss is from San Diego. Yeah, so he would have interest in going there. And it's not like they're still the joke of the Padres that they've been the past couple of seasons. They're actually, they've got Machado. They have young guys like Paddock and Tatis that are just like bringing excitement to the team. Um, obviously, Steven still loves San Diego, so that I mean, there could be interest on that side. And then from our side, obviously, getting a top top prospect like Urias is very and Logan Allen. Yeah, and Logan Allen is very intriguing. Um, and you get away from Strauss's money, 
which is no small thing, even if it would be worth it, having more flexibility with your cap is always a good thing. Um, so yes, but at the same time, if we trade Strauss, we would still need another starter. So yeah, you can maybe find someone cheaper than Strauss who's pretty effective, but you're just creating another hole at that point. So I, I can see it from both ways. It, I'm not going to like, uh, like be all pissed off if we keep Strauss. Like I, I would be pissed off if we kept Rendon because I know there's no chance of re-signing him. But someone like Strauss, I wouldn't be pissed off if we kept. Um, but on the other hand, I do think either Gomes or Suzuki we should trade because they have value too. I'm trying to maximize to all the value. Probably. I don't. I don't. Gomes has been quite a disappointment, especially. Yeah. So good with the Indians, and I don't know what is going on with him this season, but he has been nothing like I expected he was going to be. And that's kind of another thing with the Nats. Like, we talk about how pitchers do well when they leave the Nats. Catchers do well when they're not on the Nats, and then they come to the Nats, and they're just god-awful. Like, Weeders was a gold glover before he got to yeah, and the he Nats. Was and then he was just, yeah, he was just so bad. And then Gomes was an all-star last year and known for his defense. And he forgets what pitches he calls. Like, yeah, it really doesn't make any sense. It's some kind of there's some kind of curse. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what's going on, but um, yeah. So that's a trade where I don't think it would happen because I don't envision the Nats like yeah, literally happen. tearing it down like that. Losing Bryce Rendon, well Bryce Doolittle, Rendon, Strauss, and then. Like even this next trade, yeah, the uh, Scherzer I mean, one is the hardest you, one. For you, me. Your your identity is completely stripped. And yes, people are are you? Oh well, you have Trey Soto. You still have Zim. Blah blah blah. I mean, yes, but you cannot argue the fact that Bryce and Max have been the face of this team for the past like five years. Yeah. There's yeah. just no yeah. arguing that. So. I mean, yeah, Trey and Soto and Robles and everyone else can be the new face of the team, but that's not what it is right now. So it would be a tough pill to swallow. And then there's this this Max trade, which is tough because... That's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, (laughs) as much as I try to, like, be on the baseball as a business side, try not to be too emotionally invested and think about what's best for the future... I would love to have Max finish his uh, career as a Nat and be a, a Hall of Fame Nationals player. I mean, like, he still could. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I guess he still could, but trading him would be like obviously a hindrance to that. Um, he almost might. Yeah, he had his best years with the Nats, but their argument could probably be made that uh, he could go in as a Tiger too. But regardless, let's talk about the trade. This is a haul. Yeah, this is <laughs> this, a haul. This is so um, you get Andujar, Greg Bird, Lasagna, and who else? Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier, my boy Johnny. <laughs> so let's let's break it down, and then Ryan will let you go. Um, so you trade Rendon. Well, you get Andujar there. You don't bring Zim back. Well, you get Greg Bird there. Well, you. Hopefully, let Ian go. Well, you have Clint Frazier, and then you still have a top top prospect in Lasagna. Well, his name's Jonathan Lozaga or something, but Lasagna is way more fun. Um, 
this is a haul, and <laughs> if this is legitimately something Yankees offered, the Nats need to listen. Because uh, I think it was Ryan, you said last week that if you were the GM, you would just see what offers there are for Max. Not necessarily you have to trade them, but if something wows you. get that godly you, offer, if you, you get a to. godly offer and something wows you, you got to do it. This is a godly offer, and this is something that, that wows you. Because this is, I mean, Andujar, if it wasn't for, like, a general Eastern player like Shohei Otani, who pitches and hits, stingers, uh, Andujar is your rookie of the year in the AL last year. And, yes, he had the injury this year, but all signs are pointing to him making a full return and his his bat's still there. So, I mean, that's still a, a hole filled. Same thing Greg Bird. Yeah, Injury history, but a nice, nice prospect to have. And then Clint Frazier is just a guy who is begging for every day at bats. But just with the Yankees outfield and the Yankees lineup in general, it's there. It's like impossible for him to get regular at bats unless everyone dies, like they did with the Yankees this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, well, I, guess, I get to though is like, what, what are you doing with your starters at that point? If you trade away Strauss and Ventures, or like, what are the next? So all of these nice new players, but then who who, are, who do they have in their rotation? So that doesn't we, matter we, because they're rebuilding. Well, that and we will get to that in a second. Ryan, do you have any more thoughts on the Yankees trade before we move on to address Amanda's question? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some concerns with the Yankees package, but if a team offers one like that. You have to take it. And you talk about the face of the franchise. Those people from 2012, 2018, they had their chance. They failed. You have to usher in a new era. All of these trades are ushering the new era and the new nationals. You're going to have a shit, a crap ton of money. (laughs) You're going to have a top 10. A lot of assholes up here tonight. And a very, very young core. You could be like, well, what about the rotation? It won't matter for the rest of the season because you're actually going to have a future and you're going to have over $100 million to spend in free agency, which D-Row touched on in the next point. Nick. Yeah, um, and, and the, that's the big point. Like, obviously, not retaining Zim and uh, Rosenthal is, like, a big chunk of money as is. And then you have Rendon's money off the books because, obviously, he wouldn't be on the team. That's, like – close to 43,000 or excuse me, 43 million dollars right there off yeah. of this year's payroll. Um, and then obviously you have a huge uh, freedom if you get out from Max and Strauss's contract. So as Ryan alluded to, that's close to a hundred million dollars in payroll. So you can replace that with uh, I think DeRosa had Garrett Cole and Dallas Keuchel and obviously mm-hmm. you still have Patrick Corbin and you would even have more flexibility if you really wanted to, to go get a Craig Kimbrell. And yeah, he's a year older, but if you have a high AAV in a short amount of years, that that's almost a worth it deal rather than giving him five years and spreading out the, the dollar amount. So, I mean, and plus yeah, you have with that a, kind of a nice, it does give them a lot of options, but yeah, you have a nice flexibility with everything and you have a nice influx of talent in youth. Um, so the lineup would be you. I mean, yes, you still have Gomes at that point. You have bird playing first. You ha- could have Urias playing second. 
Do you want me to read uh, off uh, the lineup he had? I have it up. Oh, well, yeah, you can go ahead. So he had Turner, Urias at second, Soto left, Andujar, Frazier, Bird, Jan Gomes, Victor Robles, and then Pitcher. Pretty dang good. And, and then more the importantly, rot- it's young. Yeah, it's extremely young. And then the rotation was Corbin, Cole, Keichel, Sanchez, and Logan Allen. And then you have six, uh, sorry, five top 100 prospects in the farm system and a very, very young team. Yeah. And I mean, then you can attack free agency and then like move Soto the first, put Greg Bird on the bench and sign like Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, or, it's all very tempting. It, yeah, and if you don't want Urias, uh, I forget, forgot to mention this last week, but this is something I would 100% do because he's hurt this year and he's going to be cheap. You can sign Scooter Gannett. Scooter. My boy. Yeah, yeah. So, a grown Scooter. We could have him. That would be. Yeah. Um, but I guess the point to address is this ain't happening. No. <laughs> it is, but it is super interesting to think about. But I have to say, watching Scherzer play in another uniform, I think I've never really given it any thought, but would hurt more than watching Bryce play in another uniform. I, yeah. I, it would, and then I, rem- I remember what he did for the Nationals' future by being traded, and then I'd suddenly become really happy. <laughs> knowing this team actually has a future because they have no future right now. Well, it will be interesting to see. I, I think this this little winning streak they're on has been nice, and it certainly been <laughs> than to lose. But the season's still a season, and they're still going to have to be sellers at the deadline. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, we we broke this down, and we got pretty excited about. It, but we're gonna. It's going to be July thirty first, four or five p.m. It's just going to be Adams, Howie, and like a random yeah. pitcher, and that's going to exactly. be selling. It'll be like a pitcher in LA right now. <laughs> Hi, Caramba. We believe in the guys we have. I know. Everybody's in the best shape of their lives. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our Twitter questions for the week. All right. We have, let's see, at Nationals Post, we've got, did this weekend <laughs> save the Tankapalooza and Davies' job for the season? Well, according to our fabulous GM, Mike Rizzo, um, it's too early to decide anything, <laughs> and this team still can't win the NL East. Bullshit. So, uh, they're probably going absolutely nuts right now, like three in a row. So yeah, RIP to all the cabbage. <laughs> yes, exactly, three in a row. I'm sure there was some cabbage smashed in the in the clubhouse this evening. This, all right, it's so just, I think we all agree. It, it's just such uh, a joke that we are celebrating this much over a three game sweep of the Marlins. It's not even a sweep yet. Oh yeah, it's not even a sweep yet. Like. <laughs> A series a three win, game, a, a series win, a three-game winning streak against the Marlins. We are celebrating this like we won the goddamn Stanley Cup. Like, holy, oh my god! It's yeah, it's pretty, what, pretty, what have we fallen to? It's pretty sad. <laughs> but I think we job is probably safe, which is super. I think. Yeah, I mean, to answer the question. This has bought Davey a ton of time, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow he weasels his way to surviving to the end of the season. I think he's going to regardless, or he was going to regardless, I should say. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, well, I mean, if you look back to midway, this team was playing with uh, fire once everyone came back, blah, 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 blah. And it's going to be like August when they're saying this. <laughs> 
And uh, another person who's canceled with Adam Eaton is FP. FP is the worst announcer in baseball, and there's no changing my mind on that. He is terrible. He is. He's not even a homer. I don't. He's like a robot that like did not come out right. Like he is just terrible, 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 terrible. I can't listen to him anymore. He is so dumb. He is so biased. I can't take it anymore. And that's my honesty hour. You're you're being very honest tonight. Listen, man. I can pretend to believe in this team only so much. I mean, that's just a lie because, like, I haven't believed in this team since, like, the season started. But, I mean, it's just I need this toxicity out of my life, man. Like, <laughs> get, get, get these players out my face. Eaton gone. FP. Ooh, give me Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart in the booth. I would watch that every single day. Are you kidding me? Even if it was, like, just the audio. Yeah, like, give me the Snoop Dogg, Kevin Hart show right now. Yeah, that would be awesome. I actually, the Snoop Dogg thing where he was on with the Kings was the best thing that ever happened. So. That and his Planet Earth commentary. Oh, and when he was uh, commentating over the Game of Thrones finale. Yeah, oh that was my awesome. God. There's just Which so we many... haven't even talked about. I'm sure you yeah. guys both That and, I mean, when, uh, like, imagine Snoop Dogg watching Michael A. Taylor take it in bat. He'd be like, now why is this dude taking a pitch right down the middle? That was a terrible Snoop Dogg impression, you, but <laughs> so you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to use half the audio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm here for it. Yeah, you can't use half this audio either. Yeah, well, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good point. All right, our next question is from at Nats Rally Cotton, and he says, "Are Rizzo and the learners going to grasp at this weekend's success?" In quotes. As proof the Nats don't need to hard sell at the deadline. Yes. Well, the Learners made yeah. the same mistake with Rendon that they did with Harper. Yes, Are next question. the same person, <laughs> or do they just pitch the same? Yes, next question. They're going to be like, oh, look what we're doing when we're healthy, and just overlook the fact that the Marlins are going to be one of the five worst teams ever. Right, ever, <laughs> literally ever in the history of all the Con- Congratulations. The Nats just beat a team that's purposely trying to lose 110 games three times in a row. We did not They're get safe. shut out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so there you go. There's your answer. Yes to everything. Yes to all of those. All of it. All right. Um, at Dom and Thunder um, says, dang, a series win against the second worst team in baseball. How much time does this buy Davey? A month, five months, five years. I'll hang up and listen. At least to the end of the season. Well, I'm pretty sure Davey and Rezzo, like, went into their office and just started celebrating and jumping up and down while hugging each other while thinking about cabbage because they're There's the hottest team in baseball right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right around. Nobody, nobody's more upset about what's happening than Dave Martinez. They call that a winning streak, and it has happened before. <laughs> <laughs> the little kid that Rezzo signed to that contract, great classy move, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's the best bullpen acquisition he's made all year. I didn't see that. What was that? Uh, it was just like this 10 year old kid. Uh, I, I'm forgetting his name. So I apologize uh, for people who do know his name on the top of his head, but um, I think he's battling cancer, some form of cancer. Amanda, do you know? Uh, I don't remember exactly. Story? But no, he was, he, it was a make a wish foundation thing. So yeah. So- means he's probably not in too good of a shape 
But yeah, um, yeah it's an awesome thing where they not only let him like come meet all the guys and throw out the first pitch, but they actually signed him to a one day contract. So he got to yeah. be an which was just yeah. Awesome. So officially Rizzo's best signing of the year because I'm pretty sure the first pitch he threw out was a strike. So yeah. he's a lot better than Rosenthal. <laughs> better than Rosenthal. <laughs> And, a, you know, a good, accurate arm, unlike Dozier. So, definitely. Definitely better than a lot of the signings. Okay, and for our worst tweet of the week, um, Ryan was going to put it up for us. And what he put is, at all of them. That's our... <laughs> Everyone, you've all had terrible takes all week long. Just look in the <laughs> mirror and think about it. You all win worst tweet of the week. Thank you for <laughs> listening. <laughs> Just think what you could do I to be better. I didn't even get to do my drum roll. Oh, well, do your drum <laughs> all right well there you go well who was it it was everybody it was all of our everyone we talked to on twitter you all had a terrible week do better you have to say it after the drum roll i completely forgot because it wasn't before the after the drum roll thank you all right well we fixed it now what discombobulated before we go bamboozled anything uh, nope. Game, Game of Thrones was ruined. Oh, well, we probably don't have time to get into that. My life was ruined. Your life was yeah. ruined by it? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you decided to hold on for all of us. So you can join. I'm not. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a professional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, go, go back and study so you can pass med school. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take the bar exam pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note thank you guys as always for joining us um we really appreciate it uh if you like the show please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us reviews we always love that you can find me on twitter at a white 7877 you can get ryan and nick at dc Natchak and the show at half street high heat um don't forget to check out the dmv sports network.com website and check them out on twitter at dmv underscore sn and if you're interested in being a part of the team you can reach out to them via dm on twitter or via the website thanks so much you guys have a good week later bye stop stealing my thing <laughs> <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.